Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane, And I'm Rick Grumlick. What's up, Rick? Glad to be back at it, man. Hey. It's been a while. I, I want to take a minute to brag, yeah. because this morning I accomplished something, and I took a picture yeah. of it. It was not quite perfect, but it was pretty darn close oh, to yeah, a yeah. perfect pancake. Rob was like... It was nice. He's making this pancake. It was and golden. He, he, he says, dude... Literally. Look at my pancake. <laughs> it was. And I said, I was hey, very proud of tip it. Tip the cap to you, Rob. So I've got a buddy named Virgil. Yeah. And Virgil's a great name. Tip the cap. Buddy. It is. Um, and he is one of, if not the best breakfast maker. Oh, yeah. I've ever. He's going to be a around. great dad. Oh, yeah, for sure. And they're pregnant. Like, getting ready to have a kid. Yeah. But he makes a, that kind of pancake, that perfect pancake, every time. Like a machine. Just keeps churning them out. Oh, Verge. Because by the second, third, fourth pancake, I just started leaving it on the pan because the pan gets hotter. And so I'm leaving it on for like the same amount of time and it's getting more and more black. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, dang, I got to adjust. And some of them were good, some of them weren't. But that first one was great. So Virgil's been discipling you in pancake making. Virgil's been discipling me in pancake making. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Proud of you for, for that, Rob. Thank you. Yeah. It was a really nice pancake. We've been eating pretty well. So last log. night, hung out with Wes. We recorded an episode with him. Yeah. I had, don't know when that's going to hit, but uh, probably before this does. Probably. Yeah, before this was, definitely. Um, had some Jets pizza, some buffalo. Buffalo chicken, really buffalo good. Buffalo chicken, yeah, Jets pizza. I was that like, was I'm not big on chicken on my pizza, but I had that, and I'm like, chicken on pizza is pretty good. That was good stuff. That was good Jets. stuff. And then this morning, we had pancakes and eggs. Yeah. Yeah, Wes wasn't here to join us, but... You guys stayed over. We did. Because you guys are making your way down from Mount Vernon, coming through, trek going down to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. So you just decided, hey, you know what? We'll kick it at the Canes. Kicking it. Kicking it, just what's, like that last episode. What's kicking it mean? Just killing time. Oh. Okay. Just hanging out. Killing time. Just chilling. That sounds like a very poor steward of what God has given us. <laughs> John Piper would be so mad right now. <laughs> All right, so what are we talking about today, Rob, as we're kicking it here in the studio? Yes, what did you title the episode? Are, have the gifts ceased? Have the gifts ceased. And this is a request, I believe. Yes, we uh, we got a request, which, if you give me a second, I'll pull it up here. That would be a good idea. So you can just kill kill some time I'm going to kick Go it over here. Cover some, some time while I look <laughs> this up. Some time. No, but um, it's been a good week. I don't know when the other episode's dropping, but... We talked about one of the cool things. We talked about our highlights for the week, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, something that has, I've been thinking about this ever since. Rob was talking about his connection was the Lakers, LeBron James, or not the Lakers. But that LeBron wasn't the James. thing I liked. That was just something I brought well, up. I, I know, just this thing we talked about, like yeah. the Lakers, not Lakers. I keep saying Lakers. Yeah, he's on the Lakers. He is now. Yeah, yeah, he is on the Lakers. Anyway, LeBron James and the Lakers have not. Did not make the playoffs. Or well, it, looks like it doesn't look to. like they're going to. And he said, last time that happened was 2015. No, 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 no. Sorry, my wife's calling me. 2004, me. 2005. 2004, 2005. I'm losing it over here. Yeah, you are. You're all uh, all out of sorts. Okay. Baby, calm down. <sighs> Just take a deep breath. I want you to Rob get focused. We started. I said, but I'm not feeling it today. You need to. I'm <laughs> leaning hard on you. Anyway, 2004, 2005, last time LeBron James did not go to the playoffs. And we were talking about things that were going on in 2004, 2005. Um, Facebook was still only for, what, colleges. YouTube was yeah. just months old, four months old. There's all this stuff. It's Crazy. Like, so, But 
14 years ago. Yeah. So, okay. Allison, Allison Pierce. Glad you finally got that. Yeah. Much. How much longer? Do I... <laughs> she got straight to the point. Asked, what do you want to talk about? Thanks, Allison. We she appreciate said, cessationism that. slash continuationism. All right. Succinct to the point. Boom. Here Episode we go. 53. Yep. Have the gifts, gifts ceased. Is it like a GIF? Have the GIFs ceased? I don't, I don't get it. GIF, GIF. It's GIF. Yeah. No, it's GIF. It's GIF. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, that's a play on words. Have the GIFs, have the GIFs ceased? Oh, I see what you're saying. Right, I see. Can I we, see. Can we edit like this and episode? And the last horse just <laughs> crossed the finish line. <laughs> I get what you're saying. <laughs> I, like, I don't get right. it. <laughs> just do your thing, Bob. Okay. I'm mm. going to go ahead and kick it yeah, somewhere else. <laughs> kick it over to me. So, oh, whose baby's My crying? My boy. Dude, would you turn the volume down? We got mics down here. You just let him. <laughs> no, if he. He'll be good for like an hour. He's waking up. Oh, no. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So, cessationism. Here's the definition from the Baker Compact Dictionary, Which, theological terms. Just quickly, we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Yes. Prophecies, tongues, yeah. um, miraculous healings, that kind of stuff. Yep. So, cessationism, with respect to spiritual gifts, the position that whereas many of the gifts continue to be exercised, the so-called miraculous gifts, prophecy, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, miracles, healings, have ceased to operate in the church today. Their cessation is due to these gifts serving to confirm the gospel at the founding of the church and with the church's foundation having been laid, no longer being needed for its ongoing development. Cessationism does not deny that God heals and performs miracles, but it denies that he operates through people given such gifts. You hear it, baby? Yeah. <laughs> is it yours? So here, here, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely yours. So here's the thing. Rick and I are at the house. First kicked on a little cover-up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so Rick and I are at the house, at, at my house, while the ladies are out shopping. And the ladies left the kid, kiddos with us, and the kiddos went down for a nap. And so we're like, oh, now's a good time to record a nap. So, I think he fell back asleep. Excellent, man. Hey, could you Atta actually boy. get up and flip the switch on the furnace so that oh it doesn't get so loud? This is a terrible episode already. Yeah, people are getting, Sorry, getting some behind the, behind the scenes action. They get that every week. Yeah, but this week it's an extra dose. There you go. Turn <laughs> it off. Our, our kids don't need to be warm. Okay, so that's the stationism. But the miraculous gifts have stopped. They've ceased because... Um, they were u- utilized in the beginning yes. by God's people, or by God through his people for the uh, laying the foundation of the church. Now that the, the church has been founded, now that the gospel has has a means by which it's frequently proclaimed, the gifts are no longer, those miraculous gifts are no longer needed. So that's cessationism. And that is cessation, not sensation. Spell it out. So C-E-S-S-A. T-I-O-N-I-S-M. So a lot of people call it sensationalism, and they probably get it from like the sensation of the miraculous gifts. So that is cessationism, not sensationalism. But now, so we take that definition and we compare it to the other side. It's called continuationism. And they say this, with respect to spiritual gifts, the position that all the gifts, including the miraculous gifts, prophecy, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, miracles, and healings, continue to operate in the church today. Because spiritual gifts were 
Spiritual gifts are given to foster the church's growth by equipping its members for ministry. All of them are needed and should be exercised. Continuationism stands in contrast with cessationism, the position that the spiritual gifts serve to confirm the gospel at the founding of the church, and with its foundation having been laid, are no longer needed today. So continuationism says that the gifts do continue on for the, what is it, to foster the church's growth by equipping its members for ministry, um, whereas cessationism says that those gifts have ceased. Dude, your son, I think, is awake. I'm looking right at him. He's asleep. Look at your monitor. Oh, shoot. Maybe it's it. yours, not mine. Oh, Finley, you need to be quiet, girl. I'm muting that monitor. She needs to sleep. <laughs> All right, so quick. Uh, did you finish that definition? Right? I did. Yeah. Fine. So the quick breakdown is that those who are continuationists believe these gifts are still active and for the church of today. Sensationists believe they have ceased. They were for a set time, for a set purpose, and that was um, more or less for the apostles in the early church to authenticate themselves. And authenticate the message that they were preaching. Yeah, well. yeah. Them, yeah, the message of Christ. And, um, and that's kind of the two camps on this. And it's kind of a continuum, somewhat. Yeah. Um, there's extremes on both sides. Quickly, an extreme would be, um, so like Pentecostals. I knew you were going hold, there. Yeah, they yeah. used to hold that if you do not speak in the gift of tongues— you're not a Christian. You're not truly saved. Where Some um, of them still do. Yeah, some of them actually still do that. Yep. And then there's the other side where people would say, if you're actually speaking in a tongue, then you're demon-possessed. Hmm. Yeah. So streams. Both come, wrong. Come in a little bit. Yep. That's where you kind of have both camps. Yep. And then there's some room in the middle. Yep. So, Rick, what are some passages that actually talk about spiritual gifts? Yeah. So uh, we have a great little chart that we will share in the show notes with you, but Romans 12 has a list, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, another list. There's two lists in 1 Corinthians. There's also a, a big list in 1 Corinthians 14, which talks actually ab- about the how these are to be conducted in the church. Um, and that's a, a passage people will refer to frequently uh, to talk about those things. So that's where it's also kind of confusing is people, there's no like one set list, like mm-hmm. the fruit of the Spirit or the armor of God in Ephesians 6. Yeah, because we as a Western culture, we like that laid out framework. Okay, you're looking for spiritual gifts. Here's where you find it in the index. The index takes you to this page. This page has got the full list. Like that's how we think. That's how our, our education system is set up. And that's how our, us as a culture, we've just come to understand how to find information, whereas Scripture, the writers of the New Testament and the Old Testament, both, neither of them had that kind of mentality. They were recording things in a different way, and so there's not like a, oh, you go to this one spot, and here's the full list. There's the comprehensive list. If you ever need to think about spiritual gifts, this is the one spot you go to. And so it's it can be confusing because there isn't that one spot, but we do have to take Scripture in its entirety, and like you were saying, we see these lists in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. Yeah. So that's what that chart says. We'll put that in the show notes um, so you guys can reference that, but that's just something something helpful. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. So we would fall somewhere in the middle. Who's calling you, man? I don't know. Man, you heard, you're, you're just not present. Roma, Texas. Dude, I've been getting calls Should I answer from, that? No. Okay. It's going to be... Roma. That Chow Bella song's been in my head all day. I don't know the song. Could you? Michael Puble. Oh, yeah. And then this person called from Rome. Roma. Dude. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. It's, uh, we would fall somewhere sorry, in the middle. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Rick, come on. My bad. 
We do fall in the middle. Um, so we're going to, not to get into like our background, but I grew up in kind of a, a tribe that held to the gifts of the Spirit. Um, at least our church did. And so that wasn't, the full extent was that was, hey, I feel like the Lord's telling me this about you. And then someone praying in tongues, never publicly speaking. It wasn't Pentecostal or even really super charismatic. But it was charismatic enough where people were seeking out those gifts. Um, yeah. But yeah, kind of middle, I would say cautious, continuationist. So we believe the gifts are still for today, but with great caution. And um, the reason for that is not that we're scared of the Holy Spirit or we're scared of what he does. We know the wickedness of man, and yeah, yeah. it's so easy to take those things and then turn them for pride and to just gather. I mean, like, uh, what's that guy, Todd White? He's just like evangelist, and he has like the whole, his trademark thing, trademark thing. he's all over the internet stuff, um, got like huge hair. Um, uh, yeah, he's I like, actually let don't me, know. Let me heal your either. foot or whatever, and it's just a trick. It's purely a trick. Wow. Um, just stuff like that where it just distorts and it makes man the center rather rather than Christ. So believe the gifts are for today, but very cautious with those um, and how they're how they are t- displayed, how the church uses them. Mm-hmm. In First Corinthians fourteen, the second part of that chapter talks about orderly worship and some of the ways that yeah. we are to to conduct ourselves. Yeah, and then and at the same time, like when it comes to these gifts, we want to affirm. First Corinthians twelve thirty one earnestly desire the gifts. First um, Corinthians fourteen one earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you might prophesy. And then First Corinthians fourteen thirty nine earnestly desire to prophesy. Do not forbid speaking in tongues. Like these are these are things that we don't want people to ignore. Um, we we would affirm these things in Scripture. We just want to have a right understanding of them. And so we have. So where I fall, and, and Rick, I don't know if you actually read this, but John Frame explains his position in his book, The Doctrine of God. And you can find this starting on page, let's scroll here, uh, 263. So you might even be able to look that up on Google and uh, find John Frame's book and be able to get an excerpt of it. But it starts on page 263. But it's a long portion where he describes how he's a semi-continuationist or also known as a semi-cessationist, because if you're semi-one, that means you're semi-the other as well. So, Rick, I'm going to jump into this. I'm going to read this passage. Proud of you. Before that. I do that, do you want to say anything? Because this is this passage is going to take a little while to read. Um, yeah, I do. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. <coughs> so I want to tell you guys that we are making Simple Theology podcast history. Are we? Rob is about to read the longest passage we've ever read Ooh. on a broadcast. I think nice. around 1,200 words. 1,200 words. People so, just like turn this thing off. Yeah. They're like, nope, next one. We're going somewhere else. Thankfully, Rob's a pretty good reader. Um, and yeah, Don't make me blush. Uh, you're not. You're not blushing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but stick it out. We'll put it. I don't want to cheat here. We will put it in the show notes, but you need to listen to it because Rob's going to kind of put this huge thing in the show notes. Why not? My goodness. You better be taking notes of all things we're putting in the show notes. Keep throwing things around that. I'm the one who has to put stuff in there. Okay, I will put it in the show notes. <laughs> okay. And that picture we were talking what about. picture? The one with the chart. Oh, okay. And then there was something else, wasn't there? Chart and frame quote. Got it. Hey, I thought I, there was something I else. Made the quote. You got to put it in. I thought there was something else we put in the show notes. Not that I know of. Just start reading. It's going to take a few. Okay. Anyway. Pull up a chair, folks. Yeah. Pop some popcorn. Give you a chance to pause it right now. Okay. All right. We're back. <laughs> so, here we go. 
John Frame's position on this. He says, I believe that miracle in a broad sense, that is providence, continues. And I am not skeptical of reports from reliable witnesses of more spectacular miracles. But I do not think that spectacular miracles are a normal part of the Christian life. Miracles are rare today because God has no sufficient reason to make them frequent. Since Jesus has accomplished redemption once for all, the next great manifestation of divine power will be seen at his return. Until then, there is no comparable reason for spectacular divine acts, and there is no reason why we should expect God to bless us with more spectacular displays of his power than were seen, for example, in the 400 years between Joseph and Moses. Beyond that general consideration, there is a pattern in Scripture in which the extraordinary serves as preparation for the ordinary. We often value spectacular experience over day-to-day routine, but God's priorities are different. Just pause real quick. That is so true. We often, he says, value spectacular experience over day-to-day routine. Oh, I got something for that later. (coughs) Just popped my head. Okay, hold it. Show prep. During the flood... We continue here. During the flood, God protected Noah and his family supernaturally by directing them to build the ark and providing their means of life. But God's intent was not for them to live in the ark forever, but to resume a normal life on land. So, following this most extraordinary event comes a covenant in which God promises regular seasons. Sea time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. You can find this in Genesis 8.22. When men shed blood, they will be punished, not by supernatural flood, but by human government. The extraordinary, then, is a preparation for the ordinary. Similarly, in Joshua 5.12, we learn that when Israel entered the promised land, the manna ceased. The manna was a miraculous provision of God to feed his people in the wilderness, but his intent was not for them to live on manna forever but to set up farms, plant crops, and eat food made the normal way. The time of manna was preparation. The normal harvests were the fulfillment of God's promise. In John sixteen seven, Jesus tells the disciples that it will be better for them if he leaves the earth. This is a hard saying. The disciples experienced something wonderful in the personal ministry of Jesus, not least a great number of miracles. That, 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 there's that twice. Okay, not least a great number of miracles that met their needs and confirmed their faith. But when Jesus departs, he will send the Holy Spirit, who will empower his disciples and enable them to do even greater things than he himself did in his earthly ministry. You can see this in John 14, 12. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, the church will spread throughout the earth. But the age of the Spirit, after the apostolic period begins it, will be a time in which spectacular miracles are scarce. Again, the extraordinary is preparation for the ordinary. 1 Corinthians 13 warns us, as it did the Corinthians, against thinking too highly of the spectacular. Paul tells them that tongues and prophecy are far less important than love. The purpose of the spectacular gifts is to establish an ordinary one, the one that always remains, love. The church was originally governed by the apostles who were specifically called by Christ and given miraculous gifts of the Spirit. But in the later sections of the New Testament, we learn that the churches established by the apostles were to be governed by elders and deacons. See 1 Timothy 3, 1-13, Titus 1, 5-9, whose qualifications were not to be spectacular powers, but godly character and ability to teach. Again, the extraordinary prepares 
for the ordinary. So we are not to lust after more and more signs, see Matthew 12, 38-42, nor should we assume that the people need special signs in order to be persuaded of the truth of the gospel, for God's written words in Scripture are sufficient, Luke 16, 19-31. For these reasons, we should not be surprised or unhappy that God has not provided more spectacular miracles in our time. I'm going to read that sentence again because that's important. For these reasons, we should not be surprised or unhappy that God has not provided more spectacular miracles in our own time. Miracles tend to set the stage for a time of natural existence. With that ordinariness, we should be content and thankful. At the same time, we should not be skeptical about reports of spectacular miracles today. God may have his reasons for occasionally performing them. If we are to be semi-cessationist, we should also be semi-continuationist. For example, there are tribes and nations to whom the gospel is new. It may very well be that when the gospel is brought to them, as in the book of Acts, God sometimes performs wonders to accredit his missionaries, to defeat opposition to the gospel, and to put the new church on a firm footing. Whether such events take place depends on God's sovereign purposes, not our theological generalizations. I have also heard reports of God dealing in wondrous ways with believers in Western society, especially with those who are recent converts, striking answers to prayer, healings that defy medical expectations, amazing timing of events, and so on. Again, I am not particularly skeptical about these reports, nor am I disappointed that I don't see such amazing things in my own life. When young Christians become more mature, they often wonder why such things happen to them less often or not at all. I've actually ran into that. So let me read that again. When young Christians become more mature, they often wonder why such things happen to them less often or not at all. They worry that their faith has grown dim because they don't see as many supernatural events in their lives. That may be so, but it may also be the case that their individual lives as often in Scripture, that the extraordinary has been a preparation for the ordinary. It is important to keep an open mind about the possibility of miracles in our time. Even though their rarity should not surprise us, we have seen that the ordinary is primary. But it is also important to remember the continuities that exist between our time and that of the apostles. This is still God's world a world directed by a person, not by impersonal natural laws. He rules the world to bring good to his people and glory to himself, and nothing forces him to restrict his actions to natural means, however those may be defined. It is also the case that Jesus still lives and that his spirit is still working in awesome power. Paul prays the Ephesians may know God's incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. This prayer does not expire at the end of the apostolic age. Like Paul, we live in a time when the resurrection power of God is reaching out to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And so God for And so God for us is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. The rarity 
of spectacular events does not mean the absence of divine power in the church. And the presence of divine power means that the spectacular may occasionally intrude into our lives. Let us not be so sure that we know what God is or is not going to do. A proper study of miracles should encourage intellectual and spiritual humility. And a boy. Good job. Someone pat There's my forehead, a please. Lot of, uh, okay. <laughs> Got a Gatorade over there. <laughs> a lot of good stuff there. A lot, a of, good lot stuff. of good stuff. And that's John Frame in his book, The Doctrine of God. That's pages 263 to 266. Encourage you to pick that up. It's a great book. There you go. Well, thank you for listening to some- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, Rick, you want to go ahead and summarize that? <laughs> hey, man. Just read scripture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, that's a lot to summarize, but more or less, it's this idea that and I love how he kept repeating this throughout the whole thing, that the extraordinary does prepare for the ordinary. Because most of our life isn't about laying on a hand and seeing someone healed. It's about learning to, to love our spouse at 7 in the morning or when the kids are going crazy. Mm-hmm. It's about learning to be respectful to someone at work or a coworker who's annoying you and trying to maybe belittle you. So it's very ordinary things that are... To walk like Christ did is, is actually extraordinary, to kind of play on that term. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the the forerunner for Christian uh, culture, a lot of times we see it when mission missionaries go and there's the evangelizing of lost people, is there often is more extraordinary things happening. But once there's like an establishment of uh, the church, so to speak, it's not so much about miraculous signs of you know water or bringing the rain healing an animal raising someone from the dead it's more about what's it look like to follow christ day in and day out yeah and people are often pulled to the miraculous because people are looking for something powerful they want something um miraculous well it's just in our natural proclivity to prefer seeing it you know what i mean yeah and scripture says we walk by faith not by sight Mm -hmm. Whereas when Jesus came and proclaimed that the kingdom of God has come, like he, his message was affirmed by the miracles. And that was often the case with the prophets in the Old Testament as well. But now there's not just a message and then an amazing miracle to follow it up. Right. Like we walk by faith. But if we even take that a layer deeper, we should also recognize that the greatest miracle has taken place in the life of a believer in that they have been brought from spiritual death to spiritual life. There's been a resurrection that has taken place spiritually, and it's a, a foretaste of the resurrection that's going to take place for them physically. So a passage that I wanted to share, and I was sharing this with a friend yesterday. We were talking about how people are just looking for the mystical, that looking for the, the signs and wonders. And this is at the end of Luke chapter 16, and this is the parable of the rich man of Lazarus. So I'm not going to read the whole parable, but it's this rich guy who is always passing by this poor guy named Lazarus, never helping him. They both die. Lazarus, the poor man, goes to heaven, and the rich man Lazarus goes to Hades. Um, and picking it up in verse 27, he said, this is Lazarus, he's he said, "Then I beg you, Father, to send them to my father or to my father's house." He's asking Abraham to send Lazarus to tell his siblings about where he's at. For I have five brothers, so that they may warn them, lest they also come to this place of, a t- of torment. 
So Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. Verse 31, He, meaning Abraham, said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. And a lot of times, people think that this is the the greatest miracle, is a resurrection from the dead. If, if, if People say this all the time. If God just showed up, if he just showed up, I would believe in him. He'd just show up. Yeah. If I just saw him do something. And here, this is the parable that Jesus is sharing. He's like, listen, mirac- miracles can happen. That doesn't change, uh, that doesn't regenerate someone's heart. Hmm. The greatest miracle is regeneration. It's not a sign that I healed someone's foot or something. Not that those things potentially couldn't happen. But we seek those out and applaud those and raise those up as the greatest things rather than the simple fact that, that God brought someone from death to life. Yeah. In this text, this passage points it out so clearly that, dude, people can raise from the dead. Yeah. They're not going to believe. And this is exactly what happened with Jesus, happened with Lazarus. I mean, plenty of people denied Jesus all through his life. Almost everybody. Yeah. So when we look to miracles and the gifts as we, we have to do those so that unbelievers believe. No, it has nothing to do with unbelievers believing in, in our context. It's about our our faithfulness to the Scripture and following Him. Now, as we said, there's there's times when there's no Christian presence, there's there's no church, and uh, there can be those times, as, as Frame points out, that miracles might tend to happen more often. Yeah. But we, we need not think that if we're not seeing them regularly or participating in them regularly, that we are not um, spirit-filled followers of Christ. Yeah. That we're missing out. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I noticed you were reading from the ESV, and we love the ESV over here. Um, but we've been reading out of the CSB a lot. So in Logos, did, did it not come with the CSB? Because Rick just got Logos, y'all. Um, it, not yeah, Logos. Logos. I just had it. That's ESV, how the Greek yep. word is actually pronounced. You want me to read the CSB? Not that you? I'm like a Greek scholar or anything, but. My name's Rob, and I took Greek. Yeah. Uh, Can't even do it now. Yeah, all that, all that time. I do get plumbers daily dose of Greek, and that thing plumbers? is super helpful. Yeah. Can you please break that down for Rob us? Rob Plummer, Professor Rob Plummer. He's a great Greek professor. Uh, he does this thing, daily dose of Greek. Check it out, y'all. Go to dailydoseofgreek.com. <laughs> Maybe and you should just say Professor Plummer. Professor Plummer, yeah. I get that on weekdays, and that's helpful. Plumber fresher, but I am definitely not the guy to go to for Greek. Um, but Logos is very helpful for that. Anyway. But I noticed that, so Rick just got Logos, which is a whoop, great whoop. tool for Bible study. So, I've got uh, it. Now Rick's expensive. got it. Um, but did it not come with the CSB? I'm lo- I think it did. I'm just, okay. I just had ESV up. ESV is probably the most popular right now. And we love the Broke ESV. Broke it off the back. So. Jeez. I was, just, I was just following along with you. I was like, he's so, either adding in words or he's reading from a different translation. Rob's like not listening to me at all, just caring about what translation I'm using. Yeah. That's, that's basically not, it. That's not very helpful, Rob. Yeah, so we all know uh, there's only one authoritative version. KJV. I was going to make a joke about number one, but never mind. What were you going to say? I was going to say the CSB. That's the only authoritative version, obviously. Oh, that's not true. JK. Um, How does this work? What are you looking at? So I'm just trying to figure out logouts in general. There's so much here, guys. There I is. am not. But the listeners don't yeah. care about that. So Rick. They do. When they it comes really to do. cessationism and continuationism, yeah. where, where would you say you stand? Where do you answer this? Well, I'm just trying to, we're trying to wrap up. Okay, so when it's auditory, you've got to rephrase things a bunch of times. I, it's I know, not like but a book don't act like back. I didn't say it. Just say, hey, recap what you said. Recap what you said, Rick. Yeah, uh, cautious continuationist. Yeah, same. Or semi-continuationist or semi-cessationist frames position there. We, that's why we spent 10 minutes 
reading that because it's a it's a great explanation, great summarization um, of our position. So, uh, when it comes to head, heart, and hands, how should this fuel our head? How should this fuel our heart? And how should this fuel our, our hands or our conduct? When it, I'll, I'll start us off with head. Yeah, go for it. Um, we should be very slow to write off some of the spectacular reports that we hear. We should not try to fit God in this box. So if you are in the cessationist camp, like that's fine. You can totally be in that camp so long as you're convinced by Scripture um, and you can be a faithful follower of Jesus. But our encouragement to you is that you wouldn't just immediately write off the spectacular reports. Um, but if you're in the continuationist camp, don't go so far to the side to where you think that everybody should be speaking in tongues or everybody should be performing these miraculous things or that we should expect to see these things on a frequent basis because, as Frame said, the extraordinary, those gifts, should lead us to the ordinary, the day-in, day-out, routine, faithful walking with Jesus. Um, and we should, what is it, we should not uh, quench the Holy Spirit. We should, so if we do hear those things, don't immediately write it off. Um, then we should also earnestly desire those gifts. I think Piper talks about how um, he will often, or not often, but every now and then, he will he will pray for the gift of prophecy or for the gift of speaking in tongues because he does believe that it still uh, continues on today, and it's something that he would like to experience, um, but it's something that um, he just hasn't to this point. So earnestly desire the gifts. Mm-hmm. Don't expect them to be a frequent thing. And then I'm also on the other side of that, when you do hear them, don't write them off. That's good. Is that so, it for for the head? That, yep. Yeah. Talking about the heart and the conviction, I think we need to know that that we serve a miraculous God, all-powerful God, who will accomplish his will any way he sees fit. Yeah. And anytime we try to box that in so that we can understand it, map it out, and figure it all out, we are we're fools. So I think it's wise to say, hey, Maybe I agree with that, and there's parts I don't understand, and we're okay with that. Or I disagree with that, and there's things I don't understand. But our heart should be longing to see Christ glorified, his name proclaimed, and to see him doing. We talk about divine expectation, that he is working. So whether it's random conversations at coffee shops, a conversation with a, a coworker, maybe money came in to help pay your bill, whatever, you have this desire that the Lord's orchestrating things he's working and so we're not just robots moving around but um we're in this world he is working in it we have this desire this longing to see more and more of of him working this divine expectation and then engagement with that um as far as another thing with our heart is just keeping this kind of goes to your head like don't quench the spirit but don't don't judge strongly other believers i think Use wisdom as far as if things are like if someone's like, "Hey, man, you don't think it's in the tongues? You're not a Christian." Um, you know, flat out, you can deny that because it's not true. You can ask them to, to show that to you in Scripture. Um, so, but still having a gracious, loving heart to those people for those people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then when it comes to our our hands, how we live this out, we should. Um, one, kind of what I said earlier, we should earnestly desire those gifts. But then also, we should dig deep and try to better understand how these things apply, uh, have a better understanding. Don't just don't just hear this podcast and say, all right, that's what I believe, I'm done. But look into the scriptures, mm-hmm. and but also pay close attention to 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, 
and where, where it talks about how like all of these gifts are not meant to build up an individual. They're meant to build up the church. Right. And so these gifts are given to God's people by God for the sake of the upbuilding of the bride of Christ. And so these gifts are meant to be complementary to one another, to uh, fully form the body. And so they're, they're never, so oftentimes you'll hear in, in more charismatic camps of people who speak in tongues or have healing and, and they'll want to, to, like the other day, there was something on Twitter of this guy who resurrected somebody, okay? And it came out, it was a, it was a whole fraud and the guy was already alive, obviously, but um, they had cameras ready and this guy was in a nice suit and he had a bunch of people around him. Like it was just to build up himself. This oh, I, style. Yeah, I have the power of healing. So get the cameras on me, get a bunch of people around, let's do this thing. Like if you truly have the power of healing, then dude, get the cameras off of you and go to all the hospitals that you possibly can. You know what I mean? I don't know. You don't know what I mean? I mean if you have the gift of healing, dude, you need to be getting into those hospitals. You just have the gift of healing and he didn't do that. He healed a ton of people. Yeah, but he he has plenty of people he couldn't heal but he didn't. He didn't go to Riverside, not him at this hospital. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, he walked past people all the time. He didn't, heal it. he didn't heal. But the point is that the gift, whether it's healing or whether it's speaking in tongues or whether it's prophesying, whatever it is, it's not meant to build you up. It's meant to build up the church. So the gift is, is bigger than you. It's for something bigger than you. I'm digging it. So seek ways to, to do that. Rick, anything else as we close out? Um, Your son's still asleep. Boy is still sleeping and proud Finley, of that lad. And I'm pretty sure is. I just muted her monitor and turned it off. So she's doing good. Yeah, she's still living. Still kicking. Great. <laughs> hey, as always, we just appreciate you guys, the listeners. Appreciate hearing from you. So um, appreciate the request from Allison. Allison. I was going to say, and it was an A, but Allison, thank you very much. Glad we could dive into this topic. If you guys have more questions or maybe you want some clarification on things we've said, uh, please write in and you can always contact us. On Facebook at Simple Theology. We're on Twitter, Simple Theology underscore. Um, just go to our website, simplytheology.org. Everything's there. Okay. I'm trying to shorten that. You want me to read everything? We're tightening it up. That wasn't in the business meeting. That wasn't in the pre-production meeting. I know, I know. Like, you can't make it. I'm reading it all. All right, read it. Patreon, Simple Theology. Audible. Simple Theology. Audibletrial.com slash Simple Theology. Still going strong. It's still going. Going strong might be too strong. Well, it's not going any weaker than when we first started. Oh, in terms of it still being It's on. still there. Yeah, we're not Check having as many people sign up, probably because we're not saying as much. Rick, if you would just say everything at the end, like we have it in the notes. Leave us a review and rating up. on iTunes. love hearing from you. Tell your people. Tell people about the show. Tell them good things about the show. I want to edit that a little bit. Tell yeah. them good things about the show. Por favor. <laughs> Please. Hey, we will, uh, in the show notes, Rob will put the chart for passages the about chart. spiritual gifts in frame john frame's quote yeah maybe a couple other articles Ooh, yeah we try to put recommended resources on there so you guys can dig deeper if you need to we appreciate you guys very much we do peace out peace